So how many, now I just want to ask one more question before we get into the word, and this is just something. How many have really feel like this is Thanksgiving week? Isn't it weird how quickly, I mean, it's just, bam, here we are. Weren't we just celebrating this last year? But bam, here we are. You know, the Bible says that in the, uh, the last days, it's like time will be sped up. Things will start to happen so quickly. And so fast, and I, I firmly believe we're living in the last of the last days. There's just way too much stuff going on right now that points to the soon return of Jesus Christ. How many of you would love for him to crack the sky right now? Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Hello, glory to God. We, we would all look real good because we'd have our glorified bodies and we'd rise to meet the Lord in the air where we would be with him. I'd like that. Say it again. And I just kind of bless you to say it. The Bible does say, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your holy written word. We believe in the Bible. We know that you've given us Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into the truth of the word. And so we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. Teach us and guide us into the truth right now. We're not here to further a man's plans. We're here to further the plans of the Lord. We expect good things, all for your glory and honor, in Jesus' holy name. And everybody in agreement said? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I want to continue our study this morning on what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. And as his followers, as his disciples, what manner of man or woman each one of us should be. Amen. As we've seen in this study, the Bible is very clear. We are called to imitate Jesus. We are called to walk just as he did. And we're called to do his works. How many know that's true? How many have been doing it? Hallelujah. Every day we're supposed to be like Jesus. Not just Sunday mornings, Friday evenings, or maybe one other time in the week. But every day we're supposed to be living differently. We're supposed to be different. We are no longer of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're supposed to look differently. We're supposed to behave differently. We're supposed to be like Christ. And that should be something all of us are striving to have happen in our lives. We should want to be more like Jesus. That should be the ultimate goal of every Christian, to be more like Jesus. People should look upon us and say they've been with Jesus. I, do, I desire that, glory to God, for people to look upon me and say he's been with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And as we continue in the Bible, as, as 2 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us, it's called the mirror of glory. I like that. We shall be constantly transfigured into his image. That word transfigured there comes from the same Greek word that we get the word uh, metamorphosis from, that the butterfly goes through. The more we're in the word, the more we're in looking at the mirror of glory, we are being transformed from that ugly, sinful person we used to be into a glorious image, the image of Jesus. Isn't that good news? Praise Jesus Christ. So this morning I want to continue with what we started last week. And that is how Jesus dealt with suffering in his life while here on this earth. As the Bible tells us, and we saw this last week in Hebrews chapter 5. You can just look up here for time's sake. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. But even though he was a wonderful son, he learned to listen and obey. 
He learned to listen and obey through all his sufferings. And after being proven perfect in this way, being proven perfect in this way that how he suffered, he has now become the source of eternal salvation to all those who listen to him and obey. And then we saw in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, the NIV, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. But how is it your, to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Did you see that? Christ left us an example. An example of what? How to handle suffering. How to make it through the suffering. We're called to follow in his steps. Verse 22, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So obviously, we can see in these scriptures that Jesus is to be our example of how we handle suffering in our own lives. I want to emphasize to you what I said last week, and there's a few things I'm going to emphasize from last week. Just because you're going through a test or trial or tribulation, just because you're experiencing some personal suffering right now, does not mean that you're doing something wrong. Did Jesus ever do anything wrong? Never. And yet he suffered the ultimate suffering. Are you listening? So just because you're facing what you're facing and you're going through what you're going through, don't, think you're, don't let the devil isolate you is what I'm trying to get at. You're not the only one. Every one of us, whether you're living for Christ or you're not living for Christ, whether you're doing the right thing or you're not doing the right thing, you're going to experience suffering. But the bottom line is, is if we are, when you are living for God and you're experiencing suffering and you do what Jesus said to do here, you commit it to the one, entrust it to the one who you know has your back, are you listening? That means you're going to be able to get through it just like Jesus did. You hearing me? I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through suffering because I'm not living for God. Because guess what? Oh, God will forgive you. Don't get me wrong. You can be forgiven of whatever you're doing because of the wrongs that you've done. But the bottom line is, is that if I'm being, uh, going through a test of trial or tribulation because I've been living for God... That should be something we get excited about. And we're going to see that in just a moment. I know a lot of you are going, how are we going to get excited about going through suffering? Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Amen. Glory to Jesus. So suffering will come to all people whether we're living for God or we're not living for God. But I tell you this much, I want to come out victoriously on the other side. How about you? And the way that's going to happen is to entrust it to our living God who always judges justly. Glory to God. And it's also to understand this. And this is important. The difference between Jesus being our example in suffering 
and being our substitute in suffering. In other words, when he took our place on the cross, after being made sin with our sins and died there, and then he went, he, he went into the heart of the earth where he paid the penalty for our sins, and then he was raised up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, praise God, and then he ascended on high and now sits at the right hand of the Father, the highest position of authority in the universe, all of that redemptive work that he accomplished, he accomplished for you and me as our substitute. In other words, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for us as our substitute. He took our place. He took our place, and only he could have done it as the spotless lamb of God. I mean, have you ever messed up before? Can anybody in this room say, I've never messed up before? Right there, you'd be messing up. <laughs> you'd be lying. But we all have, which means we couldn't have been the spotless lamb of God. We had a spot. But thank God for the blood. He, that blood that washes us white as snow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that now means that everything Jesus accomplished for us through his redemptive work already belongs to us. It's been written down to our account. It belongs to you and me. That's why it's pretty important to find out what belongs to us through Jesus' redemptive work. You know, a lot of people in a lot of churches, the only way they look at it is what Jesus did at the cross was to get us into heaven. Now, that is true. And that's something we should be rejoicing about, especially when you think about what really awaits us, because it's beyond our human comprehension how awesome it's going to be. But it's not just our one-way ticket into heaven that Jesus accomplished for us. It also includes healing. Look it up. Study it out you'll see that, again, by his stripes you were healed. And look it up. You'll see that it also includes prosperity and living in abundance. Jesus became poor so that we could become rich. A lot of times people say, well, that's just talking spiritually. No, if you read it, it's in the context of where it's read, where it's talking about, it's talking about giving. It's talking about finances. Amen. And you'll find out that Jesus, what he accomplished includes freedom. You don't have to be bound no more. Hallelujah. You don't have to be bound no more. In fact, you ain't bound no more. It's just a deception the enemy has fed you that you are still bound. That's a good word. Because the stinking devil is a liar. If you ever get a thought like this, can you hear me now? If you ever get a thought like this, you'll never be able to. Get free from that. No, it's not God. Did you hear what I just said? You know it's not God. Because as far as God is concerned, you already are free. Did you hear me? So what is that? That's a lie the enemy's feeding you to get that stronghold in your mind so that when you do mess up, and we all do, he can sit there and say, Pour it on, pour it on, pour it on. You know what he does when you mess up? He comes to bring condemnation. He comes to bring guilt. He comes to, and he feeds you all kinds of junk. 
But doesn't the Bible say in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Isn't that what the Bible says? So if the Bible says that, but the, you're getting these other thoughts saying you'll never be free, what are you going to believe? I'm going to take God at his word. I said I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to live in the freedom. All of that Jesus accomplished for, for us. He did it for you and me. Glory to God. That's an incredible thing. So, But how do we get it in our lives here in this natural realm? How do we appropriate it into our lives? We reach out with our hands of faith and bring it from that spirit realm into this natural realm. Glory to God. I tell you what, faith is so important for us as Christians. We get born again by faith. We're called to live by faith. We appropriate the promises of God into our lives by faith. We appropriate what Jesus Christ did for us through his redemptive work into our lives by faith. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus did for us. That's Jesus as our substitute. Our example of suffering for us as our substitute. That's not talking about G- the, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about following in Jesus' footsteps as far as how he handled the other kinds of suffering that he went through. Amen. And we're going to see it here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First uh, Peter 2 again says, the Bible tells us when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Again, he's, it says, instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, he simply looked to his father to fight the battles for him. Did you hear that? Son of God looked to his father to help him. So should you try to do it in and of yourself? When you're facing these tests and trials and tribulations and the suffering that all of us will experience to one degree or another. Shall we just say, I can do it in my own strength. I can do it in my own willpower. Well, if you're going to do it that way, trust me, you're going to find yourself flat on your face. It might not happen right away, but it will. Because I'm telling you, the devil will see to it. He'll keep hitting at you and hitting at you and hitting at you. And eventually, you're going to find yourself yielding to him. Yielding to the temptation. Giving in to that temptation, which then gives birth to what? Sin. And eventually sin will bring death. Saw that in James chapter 1, didn't we? So we don't want the enemy to get the upper hand on us, do we? What we want is to do again what Jesus did. He gave it, gave it to his father, who always judges justly, He knew by so doing he would overcome anything the enemy threw at him. Listen, thus when the religious leaders were hurling insults at him, making fun of him, slapping him, spitting in his face, yanking his beard, he didn't retaliate. Has anybody in here ever had someone spit in your face before? Oh, I tell you what, I've had that happen to me. And it took everything in me 
everything in me to keep from defiling you. Ah, it took everything in me to keep from retaliating. Hmm. You know, How many know that your flesh, if somebody does you wrong, wants to retaliate? How many know that's true? I mean, maybe they think saying those things about you, doing those things to you. Think they are. I'm going to give them a piece Yeah, I'll forgive them after they First, crawl across the floor. Crawl across the floor. Crawl across and, 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 and come up and, and just, they just have to bow down to me. I'm telling you, that's what your flesh wants, isn't it? I mean, it's only fair. They did you wrong. They said things about you that were wrong. They lied about you. They treated you wrong. It's only fair fair for Jesus was it fair for Jesus hang on a cross having never sinned once he did it for you and me didn't he I understand how the flesh is again I've had someone spit in my face before I've had people bad mouth me after saying kind things to my face acting real you know lovey dovey to me and then turning around talking bad about me. I mean, come on. If you're going to say something about him, I mean, here I am. I promise you, I will not lay hands on you suddenly unless the Lord tells me to. And I'll be real appreciative of that, God. But anyway, <laughs> if you got something bad to say about your pastor, don't go to lunch and roast me. You know what I'm talking about? Roast the pastor time. Let's gather around. Did you see how pastor was dressed today? Did you see the shoes that he was wearing? Everybody's looking at my shoes right now. Did you, did you hear though he was trying to tell a joke and it was really bad? Okay, nobody laughed on that one because I guess that's true. <laughs> it's not, the, it's not, I'm a big guy and I can handle myself. And I'm not saying this physically, I'm talking about if you got something bad to say to me, come to me. You know, usually, I'll say it this way. When I had, my, and, and my wife can attest to this, the perfect one over here can attest to this. She is, she's full of Jesus. But anyway, to me. But anyway, um, you know, there were times over when we were at Missoula Bible Church and things happened to us over there. Things were said, things were done to us. Man, we didn't, it was, we didn't understand it. And, you know, we would always, you know, eventually we'd say, we need to go talk. And we'd go in there and we would talk to our pastor. Once we talked to our pastor, it was like all of a sudden, all the air went out of that balloon. You know what I'm talking about? It was like we were seeing things from his perspective. We were no longer seeing it just from our own perspective. And we we're starting to get the aha moment. Oh, okay, and now I understand. I understand why that was said or why that was done. Usually, if you take the time and talk to somebody, a lot of things that you thought were said or done by that person was mis, uh, there's a misperception. You didn't fully comprehend it, the way things were said or done. Are you hearing me? This is good, this is good news whether you understand it or not. It is. It's the truth. Oh, my, my, my. I tell you, it's, it's just recently, 
not too long ago, my daughter called me up and was talking to me about some things that happened. And uh, somebody had started a horrendous rumor about her. This boy, this guy right here, I, you know, it, it, I don't really mind. I'm serious. It doesn't really bother me that much. I know how to deal with it when people talk to me or talk bad about me or do something bad about me. And when they do something against my children or against my wife, ooh, I guess I ain't got that much growth in me yet. I'm growing, okay? <laughs> But so when I heard about this, I called her up immediately. Now, she had actually said it to, to Pastor Joan, and, and then when I heard about it, I immediately called her. And I was not a happy camper. I wanted the phone number of the individual who had started these rumors. She started laughing at first. She, she was kind of, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She was pleased that her daddy got her back. You know what she said to me? Dad, you don't need to do that. I got this because I know I didn't do it. And the truth will always come to me. Oh, come on, girl. I'm supposed to be parenting you, not you parenting me. It was, I mean, oh, my goodness. Talk about showing maturity for someone that age. I know she's in her mid-twenties, and it's still young, <laughs> whether people want to believe it or not. But the bottom, I, mean, I always, Roddy, you always, never mind. Don't even get off on that. But, but listen, listen. We've got to learn to be like Jesus in this area. Every one of you will sometime or another be going through something. It's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair. Just to remind yourself, it wasn't fair for what Jesus went through for you. Are you hearing me? And we're going to see in the study, as we continue to study this out. In fact, why don't we do that? Why don't we just go to what the... I want us to see some scriptures. Before we do that, I'm going to go to, go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And I'm gonna, Before we get there, I'm going to say this. We've got to learn to keep our flesh under, and we've got to learn to keep our mouth shut, and we've got to learn to commit whatever we're going through to the one who always judges justly. You need to write those three things down. Keep your flesh under, keep your mouth shut, and commit it all to God who always judges justly. Amen. Put him on the case. Put him on the case. Amen. Now I want us to look here in Philippians chapter 2. And it, going to go with me on this but this is probably the greatest act of suffering that Jesus went through while here on this earth Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, because he did those things, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given the name, him the name which is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those of, of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen to these two verses from the New Living Translation, verse 6 and 7 from the New Living Translation. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Now, for us who have always been human beings, this is kind of hard to grasp. But try to imagine what Jesus had to do here. He was God. He had always existed. He was pure and holy and without fault. And yet, out of his great love for you and me, he laid aside his godly attributes to become a man like you and me. Think about what a tremendous cost this was to him. He went from being all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere at once, to being someone who was limited in the power he could display. And that happened only when the when Holy Spirit anointed him and flowed through him. And he had to learn and grow in knowledge, just like you and me, by studying and seeing himself and who he was supposed to be in the Scriptures. And, and, and he could no longer be here, there, and everywhere, but was now constrained within a human body. Wouldn't you consider that to be the ultimate form? Suffering, having to lay aside godly attributes. Again, it's hard for us to wrap our brain around something like that. But he obeyed. And the Bible says he was made perfect through what he suffered to the point that he was exalted to the highest position of the universe and given the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Aren't you glad you want to bow to Jesus? You know, there's going to be a lot of people who won't want to bow to Jesus. The angels are going to be standing right there and say, you get yourself down there. Bow. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that going to be cool to watch? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, another thing we looked at last week in Hebrews 2.18. For in that he himself has suffered, notice how he suffered, being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. Now I want to read this scripture from the Amplified because it really brings out some things I want you to see here. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he is able immediately to run to the cry of assist, relieve, those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. Did you get that? Jesus will run to the cry of any one of us and assist us and relieve us when we're being tempted and tested and tried and being exposed to suffering. I don't get that. All I got was a couple of nods. I'm going to say it again. Jesus will run to the cry 
of any one of us, any one of us, you and me, any one of us, he's going to run. He's going to run when you're going through a test and a trial and a tribulation. When you're right there going through this suffering coming up against you and you cry out to him, he'll run to you, glory to God, to assist you, to relieve you. Hallelujah. That's my Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now go with me quickly over to Acts, the, chip, the fifth chapter. I want to speak of the suffering that the early church faced. Now, I know I'm not going to be able to get through a whole lot of this. I got a lot of scriptures to read here. I was just going to read two of these scriptures, but as I went back and kept on looking at it, where to begin, I'm like going, you know what? This is such good news. Because listen, listen, listen. I want everybody to pay attention. Look at me real quick. Look at me. When we're reading about the early church, we're really reading about us. It's the same church. We got the same Savior. We got the same Lord. We got the same Holy Spirit. We got the same Bible. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? We got the same blood. We have access to the Father and to His presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when we read through this, we should say, man, that's how I need to respond. Glory to God. Okay, verse 12. Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Don't you wish it was said? And through the hands of Pastor Dan and those members of Celebration of Life Church, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were with one accord at Celebration of Life Church. Hallelujah. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Now, this was right after Ananias and Sapphira. How many remember what Ananias and Sapphira, they both dropped dead because they lied to the Holy Spirit? So a lot of people was like, well, I don't know if I want to have anything to do with them. But they still esteemed the Christians at this point in time. And, but notice verse 14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Pastor Dan passing by might fall on some of them. Hey, was Peter any different than I am? Is Peter any different than you are? Can we not believe, I mean, are we not supposed to be doing the works of Jesus? Okay, I'm just saying, man, when I read this stuff, I put myself in it, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Also a multitude, verse 16, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And they were all healed. All of them were healed. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple, speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those, who, those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one on the inside. This happened. 
I said, this happened. Glory to God. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple, teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us, speaking of Jesus. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, Listen to this. Mm, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. So they're mad. They're angry. But Peter and John don't care. They're going to do what God is telling them to do. Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, that dude. A teacher of the law held in respect by all the people. Commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Theodos rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain. And all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Now I say to you, keep away from these men, speaking of Peter and John, and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. How many know he was being led by the Spirit right there and saying those things? And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles, now notice, and beaten them. And beaten them. They commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing. That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily, and notice how much they listened to the men, to these priests, to these religious people. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. The New Living Translation of verse 41 says, The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Glory to God! They were thrilled to have suffered a beating at the hands of those religious people for all the preaching and teaching and miracles they were doing in the name of Jesus. And once again, this is, I know, this is hard for a lot of us to understand. Why? Because... These kinds of things don't happen in this country. At least not yet. I said at least not yet. Because there are a lot of things that are starting to take place in countries around the world that are coming against the gospel message. That if you preach a certain way and you share certain truths that are found in the Bible, you can be thrown in jail. You can be imprisoned for that. 
It's happening in Canada. It's happening in, in, in England. Places that you wouldn't think that it would be happening. I hope you're listening. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We don't know what it's like to be beat, beaten for living for Jesus. For sharing Jesus with, some, with people. But it's happening all over the world. It's happening in China. It's happening in Russia. It's happening in Africa. And so forth. Oh, dear Jesus, the question we should ask ourselves, and I'll close with this, is would we respond the same way Peter and John did? Would we rejoice that God counted us worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus? Would we rejoice? Would we give glory to God? I mean, or, yeah, I mean, when they got beaten, it wasn't something that was uh, a, a simple little, you know, couple swats on the backside. They're, they had a, you know, Jesus got beat with a cat, uh, beaten with a cat of nine tails. You know what I'm talking about? A Roman whip had nine things on it that ripped into the, pe- ripped off the skin and the flesh. It doesn't really tell us what degree of beating that they got there, but I promise you, it was not a light beating. They were beating, beaten very extremely. And what we have to understand, how would we respond if something like that happened to you and me? Because we're just sharing Jesus. Because we're just living for Jesus. Because we've just done miracles in his name. All of a sudden they grab you and start beating you. When it's done, are you going to turn around and start shouting, Glory to God! Thank you, God, you've counted me worthy. Counted me worthy to suffer this for your name. Is that what we're doing? We're called to be like Jesus. I said we're called to be like Jesus. How did he handle the suffering he went through? He committed it to his father, who always judges justly. Knowing that his father would fight the fight for him. And enable him to get through it victorious. That's exactly what we need to do. I tell you, you need to pull that scripture out. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And he shall bring you. you live your life that way, you commit. I mean, all of us are going to face the temptations, the tests, the trials. The suffering will come. Give it to God. Trust you, Lord. I trust you to work on my behalf. And I know as I do, you're going to see me through this victoriously on the other side. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this word. We believe in your word. Your word is the truth. We firmly believe, Lord God, that this teaching right here, Lord, is so liberating. Help us to get the revelation of it. Because, again, we understand in this world there will be tests and trials and tribulations. Jesus said it. And we know whether we're living for you or we're not, we're still going to face those tests and trials and tribulations. This suffering will come to us. But, Lord, help us. To walk this out just like Jesus did. To commit it all to you, dear God. To commit it all to you, dear God. Knowing that you've got our back. Knowing that you'll come through for us. You'll give us that supernatural strength to overcome. Come through at the other side victorious. I praise you and I thank you for it, Lord God, right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's people in here right now. The Holy Spirit is, is ministering to your heart because you see some things here.
that you need to adjust, some things you need to uh, 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 change, the way uh, when these, these tests and trials are coming against you, when it feels like you've been suffering through this, this, this test and trial for so long.